This week on Sea with Queen and Jay, intergenerational auntie shit. Yes, we're revisiting the revisit of auntieisms, body size awareness, and that white lady that keeps harassing you. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Queen and Jay. Tea with Queen and Jay. All right. Yes. How Let's are you? do it. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's finally summer in a real way. It just was like summer, bitch. Yeah, I feel like that's what New York has been I doing didn't feel lately. Easy. Yeah, someone said that to me at work. I just was like in my head, like you always be saying stuff. Just let me say it, but I said summer switched on. <laughs> Welcome to, to Tea with Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this is Tea with Queen and Jay. Ew. All right. Yeah. Let's get it. Jazz hands, yo. Where's that from? Family Matters. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Like after the song. Family yes. Matters. Yes. Because it does. I guess. Because what? You said Family Matters. I said, because it does, I guess. Okay. If you would like to follow along with the conversation being had on this podcast, you can use the hashtag Tea with QJ on all social media, and we will retweet that shit like that shit comment on that shit it also helps us keep track of the conversation and you can talk to other people who are talking about tea with queen and jay you can also use the now listening hashtag pod in and that is so that other people who are not listening to tea with queen and jay can find out what you're listening to Yes. Also, this is a spot of tea episodes, spot of tea episodes. This allow us to make this show weekly, no segments, we just freestyle. And yeah, spot of tea. All right. Do you want to tell the people what libations are? Yes, I do. So libations are when we pour some for the people, places, and things that give us black ass joy. We pour some for the homies, the ancestors, all of that shit. Those are our libations. All right. So last week I asked for donations for my nephew, twin mm-hmm. twin A17. <laughs> he was quite tickled by that uh, label. But twin A17 is trying to go to the American Musical and Dramatic Academy High School Summer Conservatory Program in New York. He got accepted. He just needed a little bit of support to help close the gap on like what that cost. We yeah. didn't know he was going to apply for this thing. He kind of did it on his own. <laughs> and then we ended he up... He a life to live. He has a life to live. He and then we ended up needing to pay a lot of money for him to be able to do that. <laughs> so... Yeah, so thank everyone. Thank you, everyone, for your donations. We got some support. Um, we got support from all over, and then we had a family member who was able to like close the rest of the gap. So thank you all. We really appreciate you. That's dope. Yeah, and he's excited about going, and so I'm glad that he can go, yo. Yeah, so his coordinated um, Instagram video. Yeah, he did a video on Instagram just talking about being able to go and what that would mean to him and stuff, and his accessory game was definitely on point, on yo. On point. Fashion. A special little dude, man. Fashion. Oh, he's very special. He's very special. Other libations. Juneteenth happened. Yes, we had our annual Juneteenth after work kick back, and it was fucking lit. Yo. It was really, really lit. I had the time of my life. 
was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. It was a good time. We had a lot of people there. Um, a lot of people I've noticed in the four years that we've been throwing this celebration, like people are celebrating Juneteenth now. Yeah. Like when we yeah. started, we started it because we didn't find a lot of events hosted by people our age um, in celebration of Juneteenth. Yeah. There was usually like an older, it was usually like an older celebration. Mm-hmm. So we started this in hopes that people our age would get more in tune with Juneteenth and like that just in general, it would become a normalized thing Dang, to celebrate. Yep. And yeah, this year there were people there like who had, who found us because they were looking for but things Ju- to do on Juneteenth. Juneteenth yeah. And also in preparation for this, we knew that they were mad other like Juneteenth events happening, which is super dope. Yep. So I feel good about it. I feel like I know, we did right? what we set out to do sure and it was did. nice to, yeah, it was nice to celebrate again and have a good time, yeah. yo. For freedom. Yeah, For freedom, yo. Mm-hmm. I was fucking wasted. We all got wasted. We did. There was a moment when Steven was like, um, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm drunk and I would like to have a mosh I'm pit. living my black ass free uh, life. I would like us to all mosh right now. I don't care what the song is. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I don't care. It's like an R&B joint. You yeah. Like, trying to mosh. head banging. I don't care. It's my holiday. This is SWV. Why you, what is she? This is my Juneteenth. That, that might have been what was happening. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It? But I appreciate you checking up on me, Stephen. I appreciate you. But we want to make sure that we thanked everybody um, who was at Vaughn hanging out with us. Vaughn itself, thank you so much. Our amazing DJ Fifi Girl Wonder is dope as usual. We had our friends Richard um, who came through and Richard helped and he also took photos. He helped us set up in the beginning. The homie PJ Ryan, the three podcast prodigy, that's what (laughs) we're going to call him from now on, came out and helped. The homie Mahaya from Extra Juicy, thank you so much. Lucas was there drawing in the corner, yo. Thank you. He actually wasn't in the corner. He was like in the mix and drawing a sketch. So that was fucking dope. And whole groups of people came like after work to kick it. Yeah, that was dope. Beatrick Films, aka Danny and Cleo, were there yeah, taking pics, and uh, and the Black Baddie Bad Brigade was there. Oh my god, we're up to like seven Bs now. So I don't know why I keep. Yeah, so they were there. Diamond and her uprising, and everybody's partner was there. My partner had to work, but he did come through and like bring us supplies and shit. For dinner later, I was like. Wow, it's a lot of fun. family dinner. It's like, what happened? It was cute. It was really, really cute. So I had a really good time. It was everything that I wanted out of like a Juneteenth black ass, like what? happy ass holiday. So. And it was mad. Um, we always want for this to happen, but mm-hmm. it was just really like intergenerational. Yeah. Which was dope too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like, I like that, that we can like have spaces like right. that. It's important. Yeah, it made me feel really good or like, because everything I feel like in the U.S., um, the way we hang out in certain areas is so segregated. Yeah. Sometimes you get it to a party and it's like your age group is not there and you're like, is this the right place? <laughs> I know I've done that. Right. They playing Jaheim. I got to go. I got to go, y'all. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, like just creating spaces where we can all seamlessly like have a good time together word, word. is fucking cool. So I'm proud of that. And I hope that we're able to continue to do that. I feel all good and shit. We got yeah. our free drink situation and like we're able to yes, give free drinks to yeah. the first 50 people. Mm-hmm. That made me happy. I, I just like doing shit like that. I was thinking beforehand I had wanted to have food. I'm glad that we did not do that because it was really too many people for that shit. Yeah. So, a lot of people. 
Yeah. Nah, but it was a good black ass time. Everybody left feeling mad loved and filled, yeah. which is like a good feeling to know that you helped like mm-hmm. curate that and yep. shit. Everybody that made out with a stranger. It was mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was good. All right. Yeah. My affirmation came true. It did come true. Would you like to tell the people? No. Okay. It did come true. I looked over. I was like, look at you affirming shit, bringing shit into the world. <laughs> it's a party now, y'all. It's a party. It's Ew. a party. Yep. Um, we also did Afros and Audio Podcast Festival this Word. weekend. Yep. Mad lit. And that was fucking dope as well. Mm-hmm. Libations to everybody who we met there. It was a super chill space. We ran into some of our friends um, from the Black Table at the pod- at Podcast Movement. That's what I'm calling it, the Black Table. Oh, okay. Well, all the Black people gathered <laughs> yes. and sit together. Yeah. We sure did. Like, yeah. We have a reunion. We had a, a little Black Table Podcast Movement reunion. Yeah, so that was, that was really cool. cool. Um, we met other podcasters, which was cool. Yeah, that we had never met before. That we've so never that met dope. before. But like Jay always says, there's always a whole ass conglomerate of black podcasters yeah, people that, that you never met, met and never don't even exist yep. or whatever. Yep, yep. Um, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. It was just meeting other black podcasters that I've never seen before. Yeah, which is I mean, we do that every year, every time that we do yeah, pod and live I, I know and that, Yeah, but that wasn't a space we created, so it was like true. Oh, you know. Mm-hmm. Another pocket of people. Mm-hmm. I know we do that when we do it, but right. it's just like, oh, yeah. hey, hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I enjoyed that, yeah. and our fucking presentation was fucking lit as fuck. Yo, we shut that shit down. If we, we weren't respectful brilliant. people, we would have threw those mics down at the end. Because that's is true. That, In some, into somebody's head. That was, <laughs> like they had wires attached. Like we would like torpedo, like spin, spun it around like a fucking like. I just meant drop the mic. Things. Like nah, when you man. make a, a great no, statement. I didn't no. mean. I would have swung that shit over my head and then darted it into <laughs> the top of somebody's Why head. Because it was people? that good, yo. Because it was that good. <laughs> <laughs> it was that good of a presentation, oh, yo. You like you hear this and you throw the mic. Yeah. That's what's head. Nah, it was great. And no, then I didn't out. want to throw the mic anyone's head. I wanted to drop yeah. it on. Them. It was great. If you were not there, you fucking missed you an missed amazing it. presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hire us to consult and shit. I'm not joking. I just sound like no. I am. Dead but ass. yeah, you can if you want. You say it every show. Yeah, you can hire do. us to consult. If you would like, um, us to fucking consult or to do a presentation to your fucking company or school or whatever the fuck your organization is or whatever. We um, did a whole presentation on podcasting outside of white supremacy and building community and identifying white supremacy within your business or within um, your work hours. This was podcasting in particular. And we did not talk about fucking diversity because fuck like that whole movement. We were talking to each other about each other, how to advance and propel and promote one another. Yeah. So I fucking it was it. A, it was really great. Yeah, shit, libations to a Stephanie. Yeah, yo, a Stephanie put our like deck together, and I really was just expecting someone to like put my ideas into a deck so I could tell them to people. <laughs> But she fucking made like it was a fucking visual, it was a visual experience. It was amazing. Someone said, um, Y'all have never seen a PowerPoint like that. I had never seen a PowerPoint like that. I never have either. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. No, it was shit. fucking dope, yo. It was fucking dope. So thanks to Stephanie for putting that shit together. Word. Sam did our audio clips, yo. Thank you, yeah. thank you, thank Bad you. Bitch yeah, man. Community. Community, yo. Hiring people one. to do shit, yo. Yeah. Say so, black women. That shit too. <laughs> so yeah, I feel really good about it. I felt really like 
I felt felt fed and shit. It was good. Oh, that's yeah. a good feeling. Yeah, it was. It was a good feeling. That's a good feeling. And everybody I met there, I liked. Everybody we talked to, I liked. Except for one person. I'm about to say. Mm. Yeah, except for that one person who, like, it's on site for you forever. But it was on site for them before we met them. Yeah, before. But then we met them, and I was like, oh, okay, this is fine. Like, we could we could lift the the fucking whatever. The and then they just Yeah, they and then they just, like, solidified it, confirmed it. We gave a whole presentation on white supremacist patriarchal capitalism we just had a segment on that but for the most part the whole presentation was building community dismantling white supremacy not allowing that that energy into your community spaces into your entrepreneurship and all that shit or whatever right we gave step by step on how we we, we literally gave a powerpoint usually i say that as a joke like i gave you a powerpoint as to where you got me fucked up we literally did a powerpoint on how not to get each other fucked up and then we walk off the stage. <laughs> we legit walked off the stage and walked a few steps, okay? Not even that far. Talked to a few people, and then one person approached us with the white supremacist bullshit, yo. We were like, what? How is this happening? It was fucking bizarre. It, it was, was bizarre, strange. yo. But, you know, enjoy it, beloved. Enjoy. I guess it takes we a wish while you the best. sometimes to deprogram. We wish you the best. Pull you out the matrix. We wish you all the best. We were trying. We wish you all the best, yo. We wish you the best. Out of our face. Yeah, over there. Do the best over there. Over there. Yeah, but all in all, it was great. It was a really, really great time. And a good festival. Yeah, it was cool. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Yeah. I felt I felt good about it. Yep. So if you were there and you have questions that you weren't able to ask about our presentation or whatever, then you can shoot us a email at twithqueenandj at gmail.com and please make sure that you have either a statement that doesn't require answering or an actual question yeah yeah and and not like a vague like how do you podcast but like a question about you know yeah. what you saw and we will respond to you yo yep thanks everybody everybody Oh, and also libations to Talib. He is the person who organized that whole event. Yeah, Talib Jasir. He is the founder of Afros, Afros and, and Audio. So yeah, libations to him for really trying to do something um, fucking dope. Yeah. And like gathering community together yeah, yeah. and putting on something really cool. Mm-hmm. So I am proud of like that first effort, yo. Word. It's fucking great. Well done, my friend. <laughs> well done. Festivals are a lot. And you mm-hmm. did it. Yeah, you yeah, fucking did, did it, it, man. And his wife, whose name, forgive me for not remembering, but that fucking rice, yo. <laughs> Jay don't even like rice. Yo. I didn't get rice because I generally don't like it either. Yo. But Jay was like, this rice is good. Yeah, man. She made some rice and beans and <laughs> it was fucking good, yo. It was like moist and shit. And then she had a sauce, a green sauce. It oh, was yeah. like cilantro and it was like a little bit spicy, but not like, you know, spicy for no reason. Mm-hmm. It was mad good, yo. I ate food and then I ate another plate of rice. I don't even eat rice you like don't. that. I don't like rice. It's a waste of time. That's why you the other plate. was like, oh, it must be really Yeah. Good. It was good. And that sauce was popping. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to make a note of that, yo. So libations to all that shit. Libations to rice. Only, mm-hmm. only her rice. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Do you want to tell people how and why they can donate to Tea with Queen and Jay podcast? Yes, I do. So donate to Tea with Queen and Jay to help sustain this podcast, progress this podcast, and keep the lights on for this motherfucking podcast. A podcast. You can donate by going to teawithqueenandjay.com, sliding down on our homepage, and there is where we have two options. Two 
Our first option is our PayPal option, and you can put however much you want in a pot anytime you want. There is no commitment there. Whatever you want. Mama knows what they say. Our second option is our Patreon option, and that is where we're asking for a little bit more commitment. We are only asking for $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less if you like. But like I said, we are only asking for $2 a month. And those are the two ways that you can monetarily donate to Tea with Queen and Jay. Also, links to direct links to those are in our show notes. Um, I know that's helpful to some folks. So there is where you can do that. Other ways you could donate that are not monetarily is by subscribing to this podcast. Rating and reviewing this podcast or wherever you listen to this podcast. Tagging us in posts where people are asking, you know, what podcast should I listen to? I'm writing about this podcast. Telling your friend on it at the, I don't know, QB next to you to listen to your podcast. Mm -hmm. Telling the person who's fucking looking at your, in your phone when you're on the subway that happens. It's annoying. You can tell them, listen, no, don't talk to them. Just keep your headphones on and Mm -hmm. be on your way. But yeah, spread the word. If you help do that, it helps us grow. And also if you share us digitally, it helps um, out algorithm tweet us tweet the show use the hashtags all of that shit those are ways that you also donate to tea with queenie j donation libations yeah so we have new patreon subscribers this week and they are donna thank you so much for subscribing we appreciate you nashiva actually upped their pledge thank you so much judy upped their pledge thank you judy and shay upped their pledge thank you so much and the homie nina asukar hit us on the paypal so thank you nina we appreciate you Monsterat hit us on the PayPal and says, Do I, I'm going to post to pronounce that T. Is it Monsterat or Monsterat? Um, I have no idea. Okay. Well, I speak Bronx. Take it as both. I speak Bronx too. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> and so they say, I love this podcast and you all's personalities. Please keep doing what you're doing. Yes, we will keep oh, doing that y'all. shit, yo. Thank you so and much. We're going to keep doing it. That's right. And Selena says, hey there, I just got a couple of great news and just wanted to let y'all be a part of it, yo. Congrats yes. on your couple of great news. Yes. And thank you for including us by sending us a motherfucking donation. So I hope that that means that you got money or whatever. It doesn't have to be anything money. Of, something anything that you were of fucking abundance. Excited about. Yes, abundance. So you, you there we like, go. There we know, go. There we go. Abundance. That's right. We so thank you for it. including us in that deal. And that we appreciate word events yes yes yes. motherfucking events coming up so oh do you want to do events do you want to start oh so a couple events coming up that um you know you should go to or not go to tell your friends about them also um so marsha's plate live show is is that this saturday yeah so that is june 29th join diamond styles me and mix and z of marsha's plate june 29th 5 to 10 p.m or until they kick us out, um, because, you know, we like to party. <laughs> you do like to party. I saw you the other day trying to march to R&B. Like to so don't be trying to front and be brand new. Yeah. So that is at Talent Bar in Brooklyn, New York, 220 Whitehall Avenue. No, it's a queer global fundraising event. Um, so the mission is just a donation. Um, I say donate if you come. Donate if you, if you don't. I don't know how you're going to do that. But donate, donate. Also, it'll be hosted by the homies of Tasha and Jamea of We Shall Over Chug. And bag ladies are involved somehow. Yes, you seen right. them with some some um promo. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all of the all of the brigade is gonna be there, which is really, really cool. Yes, bring your black ass. It's Pride Weekend, June 29th, 5 to 10. We will be there kicking it. It's gonna be a good and black we'll ass. We'll be time. there not being square. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sunday, June 30th in Queens, I'll be moderating a panel on journalism in pop culture at Women in Comics Con. That's at the Queens Museum. The con is from 11 to 5. It's a free con with vendors, panels, cosplayers, and all that good shit. Um, the journalism and pop culture panel starts at 2.45 p.m., but we will be there. Again, the event is from 11 to 5, and I will put the RSVP link in the show notes. It's yeah. a free event, and then I think they have, like, dollar tickets if you want to include a T-shirt in your purchase, oh, which cool. is always appreciated. This is a black woman-run event, so give black, black women your money. You'll pay black women if that's right. something that you have, yo. Sex Trivia Sunday. Yeah. Um, by Inho Uprising is happening July 7th, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Entry is free. Um, it's at Love Story Bar in Brooklyn. Always a good time. I think you need to RSVP if you want to. Um, just RSVP just so that they know who's coming. There's always a way to do that. But go there, buy you some drinks, possibly win you a free vibrator um, from doing the sex trivia. It's a really, really good time. The holes are lots of fun. So, yeah, there's another event for you to go to so you can have a fun black ass summer that's right and those are all new york events but we be fucking everywhere yo yeah, us and the rest of the podcast brigade we be all over the place so be on the lookout for events with us like traveling and like doing other cool and awesome shit and then if you know people in new york you know people who fuck with our podcast or who looking for stuff to do or looking for community send them to our shit what it say what it's up that's right we have a quick motherfucking announcement yes it is summertime we are tired we have been doing, 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 which we appreciate and are mm -hmm. thankful for. And we love doing this podcast, which is why we're going to take a quick motherfucking break. Brizzy. It's just for one week, but we wanted to make sure we let you know. I wanted to announce it midway through the podcast and not wait to the end. Because like maybe you're like one of those people who's like, well, if I knew I wasn't going to have a podcast next week, I would have stopped that shit and then listened to half next <laughs> week. I don't know. Or like me, sometimes I don't finish podcasts until like later in the week. And then mm -hmm. I was like, shit. The right. next episode is in a few days, exactly. and now I don't have anything. There you go. So I just wanted to give you all the opportunity to like schedule accordingly. Yes. But we are um, taking a one-week break, and then we will be back on July 8th, 8th. with the next episode. Uh -huh. So it's only one week. Just a week. Yeah. Just a week. Just a week. Maybe yeah. I'll like get a full night's rest or something. Maybe we won't like record at like 5.34 a.m. You know what I'm saying? You know just saying. I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. But actually, our listeners are pretty good with that. We only have one time when somebody says something annoying, but our what? listeners are pretty cool. Oh, what about our break? Breaks or like putting out an episode late or like oh, stuff true, like true, that. True. We know yeah. Really no, everybody is super dope. I just want to make sure that you niggas are comfortable because I'm an avid podcast listener and I don't like surprises. <laughs> That's just me. That's just me. So, Queen, what kind of tea are you drinking today? I am drinking chai tea yes. that Jay made with love and lots of sweetener. Oh, is it mad sweet today? I like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just used extra chai today. I like it. It tastes sweeter. What kind okay. of tea are you drinking, Jay? I'm also having a chai, an iced chai latte. Mm -hmm. Delish, delish, it delish. delish. Yeah. And what are your pronouns? She and her, what are your pronouns? She, her, they, them. You know what I was thinking? Speaking of pronouns, mm -hmm. we didn't do our pronouns at the um I thought about that later, thing. too. Yeah, we have to make sure that we write that in. And we also have to make sure we do a glossary. So that at the end, people they are not know like, the terminology. what are pronouns? What yeah, is, yeah, yeah, just to like help, help with some of that stuff. We did have a lot of people asking us about the terminology. Yeah, and then people called me lady all day. And not they that sure I would have, yeah, not that I would have said, I'm, I'm, you know, I decide when I include that or not. That's a, like a part of my privilege or whatever. But like, I would have 
if I had included my pronouns, there would have at least been some conversation perhaps about like labels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that was a whole day of people calling us ladies. And I was like, oh, right. This again. I, f- yeah. I forgot this was like a thing. All right. Yeah. So we'll definitely do that next time. Yo, yes. Because um, that was a lot. It was. It was. That was a lot. But everybody was super nice. But yeah, I'm not a fucking lady. But whatever. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. What do you affirm for yourself this week? I'm affirming that I'm a bad bitch. I'm affirming that I'm enough. I'm affirming that I'll be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. I affirm that I'm in a healthy ass fucking relationship that will continue to grow stronger. That's my boo, y'all. Um, I also affirm that my cat, Xena, will not kill me during my sleep. Okay. Um, He's been acting very strange. I know it's because I haven't really been home. But um, he's like lovingly vengeful. Mm. And um, makes me nervous. That's usually when white women kill people. So. Right, right. I um, I will keep you guys posted. Okay. And I, I have like, to affirm that that won't happen. Yeah, I feel like every black person that I know with a cat at some point is always like thinking that their cat is going to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Like if you're like, you know, if you have good sense, like at some point you do realize your cat is plotting to murder you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think, I think you, he is. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also I'll keep my fingers crossed. I'll pick the the best. I don't, you know, want you or Zena to have to deal with the aftermath of your death. Um, I don't think he would care until his food bowl, his his self feeder is empty. So maybe in about a week and a half, he would care. Oh, that's sad because it's true. Okay, I affirm. I was gonna ask you. Oh yeah, love you. You go ahead. You go ahead. You ask me. You ask me. I'll get ready. Yeah. I'll get ready. So, Jay. Yes. What do you affirm for yourself? Oh, me? Yeah, oh, you. Okay. Yeah. I affirm that I am not a lady. Mm-hmm. I affirm that I am enough. I affirm that my apartment is paid for. My rent is paid for. I'm wealthy. I'm self-employed. And my finances are abundant. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma. And I've got bags upon bags upon bags of bags. Guacamole, that oh, okay. bags, money bags, money mm-hmm. bag, money bag, money bag, and I do not undersell myself or underquote my rate, and I get my rate. That's fine. Or above, always above. Yeah, because we're always underpaid. So whatever you're quoting is too low. So always above. That's quite possible. Yeah, quite all the possible. Time. Yes. So was it last week when we talked about auntiehood? Yes. Okay. All right. So we talk about auntiehood here and there, and I think it's an ongoing conversation and it'll probably come up again um, because I think that as black women, as black films, as a black community, it is like because of the Internet and shit, it's it's the first time that we're having a lot of these conversations. Conversations, Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of things have been assumed about black people before based on like the niggas that, you know, your family people who live in your region, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe what you saw on TV, but we weren't really talking to each other about these things. So now that we have social media and we can talk back and talk together with the shit that we see or whatever, I think that there's a lot more learning about one another yeah, and, exactly. and a lot more space for communal, like societal, like critique of the shit that yeah. we're doing. It's like in a lot of ways, we, especially with social media, it helps you to see the ways in which 
regardless of where you are on Mm -hmm. the earth, that there are things that are similar amongst the diaspora, but then it's like things that are not similar Mm -hmm. because we say all the time we're not a monolith. So sometimes conversations happen and then it reaffirms, but bitch, we're not a monolith. Yeah, true, 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 true. true. So we had a conversation last week about the term auntie and the use of auntie and um, Ava DuVernay, Oprah and Gail and June Ambrose somehow. Conversation about like their... Nobody asked you. Nobody asked you, June. But whatever. Okay, fine. <laughs> Their wish not to be called auntie and the manner in which they chose to let us know that and some of the implications, some of what we felt were implications of their desire not to be called auntie and the yeah. way that they expressed that. So you can listen back to that episode. We'll leave the link to that in the show notes. But also what I want to say about this conversation is as two, as two older millennials, I think that it's important that we include in this conversation, which we do through like your T-mail and shit like yeah. that, that we include in this conversation the um, opinions and thoughts of women who are older than us. Is that Gen X? I don't know the Gens. Oh, yeah, that's Gen X before millennials. <laughs> okay, well, all of you, all of you, okay, mm-hmm. all black women and femmes who are like older than us or part of another generation or part of another group. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, regionally, like yeah, or yeah. another re- whatever the heck. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important that we're including like their voices in this conversation because they are the group I think who is most most impacted. I think sometimes yeah. by this language, mm-hmm. or if if when the term auntie is used negatively, I think they are the group that this is used about Agree. and against yeah. or whatever. So mm-hmm. I think that it's important that we're including their voices in this dialogue because even though we might feel like this shit is fine, like at the end of the day, we are not the population who is being... Generally like the target of it. The, the target of it, right. Mm-hmm. When and, and, and we concluded that we are comfortable with the term, we like the term, we celebrate the term, um... And again, we talked about different implications of it, but yeah. we do acknowledge that there are times when the term is used negatively. And yeah. when that is happening, it is usually on some ageist type yeah. Yeah. type shit that yeah. affects women who are older or the target is women and people who are older. So I wanted to definitely acknowledge that and make sure that we are centering that voice. Um, so on Twitter, one <clears throat> One of our favorite listeners on Twitter responded and said that they weren't sure about our conversation about auntie and would have to listen again to it. And because this is like, you know, a favorite listener, I was like, oh, well, I would love to hear like what you think Mm -hmm. about it. When you have time, please send us a T-mail. So I did request that they write in. Yeah. And they did. Thank you so much, Tawana. We appreciate you taking the time to send us a note. And this is what Tawana said. Hey, Queen and Jay, this is Tawana. You know, I really enjoy the show and hearing a woman's take on issues. I mentioned on Twitter that there was something about the auntie discussion that didn't feel right to me. I listened to the episode again and I have a better understanding about my discomfort. For you two and a whole bunch of other people, aunt and auntie are the same thing. Those words don't mean the same thing to me, not at all. So for me, rejecting auntie doesn't mean rejecting aunt, rejecting family, or refusing kinship. It doesn't signify any kind of erasure. I have never called anyone auntie. My blood-related aunts and play aunts or chosen family were both called aunts. 
I don't know if it's an age thing, I'm 46, a geographical thing, I'm from Baltimore, or a combination of both. As a kid, I don't remember anyone in my neighborhood referring to their aunt as auntie. As I got older and interacted with more people, I did come across one or two folks who used auntie, but it felt like something they did, like a family nickname, not something all of us was supposed to be doing. I didn't really catch that auntie quote unquote, was supposed to be a widespread thing until my Twitter erupted in Auntie Maxine posts, which definitely helped me associate the general use of auntie with age. Of course, there was Killmonger's use of auntie, hey auntie, which didn't sound all that respectful. With this Ava Oprah Gale thing, I was really shocked that not wanting to be called auntie was so controversial. I was surprised by the assumption that auntie was universal, that all black people, all black communities experienced it in the same way. And if we didn't think of auntie in the correct way, there was some fault in us. Why not consider that for black people of a certain age, geographic location, or whatever, that auntie doesn't hold the same cultural significance? It doesn't have to be about erasure or anti-blackness. Why not give other black people the benefit of the doubt. At the same time, I'm glad to now understand how serious some people take auntie. While the word wouldn't feel right rolling off my tongue, I now know I now know not to side-eye my nieces or, and nephews or the neighborhood kids if that's what they decide to call me. All the best. Thank you, Tawana. Thank you for the letter, Tawana. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, do you have initial thoughts? Um... Yeah, at first when I read it, I'll be honest, and I was like, semantics. But now I'm reading, like, hearing you read it again is mm-hmm. not really semantics. It's okay. just a little something different. But I just wanted to point out that, especially for last episode, like, me and Jay were kind of bypassing the whole conversation mm-hmm. about Gail, Ava, yeah. and um, Oprah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the cross out. Yeah, it was in, it was when it was when they posted the graphic on Instagram of them crossing out in red ink the term auntie as if it was um like offensive for for all of us to use it like if it was something that you know we shouldn't be doing yeah, like or whatever. Said a curse or something. Yeah, but that 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 piece that specific like crossing out of it that felt like that piece felt like erasure a little bit and then Oprah's this is what set me on fire. Oprah's comments that she expects it when she's in Africa because they have a cultural, um, it's like cultural protocol for them yeah. to call older women auntie and this, that, or whatever. Um, as if we don't have cultural protocol here yeah. in the U.S., as if we're not African-descended people. So that That's irritated me. That's when it got me. Inf- offensive yeah. for us. People yeah. were like, okay with bypassing right. the conversation mm-hmm. coming up again. Mm-hmm. But it was that when it, for us, when it became something... When it became erasure, when yeah. it became these other violent things, right. is when it was like, whoa, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because the conversation was happening again, mm-hmm. um, because we did say that if people don't want to be called that, like we say pronouns on the show, like we right. make sure that Jay says she's not a lady. So we do understand that and respect people want to be called what they want to be called, mm-hmm. and they do not want to be called the things they do not want to be called. Yeah. So, like, that's like, Never a thing. If someone says, don't call me auntie, I'm going to respect that shit, mm-hmm. regardless of what I feel about the word auntie and the cultural significance of what it is to me, to mm-hmm. us. Um, but for us, when it became those other things, it was like, nah, yeah, fam. Like, everybody calm down. Nah, fam. Everybody calm down. Yeah. So those were, that, that was, um, those are my thoughts. I am thinking a little bit about the term aunt versus auntie. And I think that for me, it kind of sounds like 
I'm, I guess I'm wondering if you would be comfortable if we said Aunt Maxine instead of Auntie Maxine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it feels like we're addressing like the language, but I guess I like the, we're addressing the term, right? So Auntie versus Aunt, but are also kind of in this in this letter. It sounds like we're making them mean the same thing, but I also I feel like I don't. Maybe I'm just not. Maybe it's here and I'm not hearing it. I feel like I, I'm not hearing. Like you address whether it's okay for strangers to call yeah. people aunt or auntie, auntie or whatever. Like, yeah. would it be okay if we all called Auntie Maxine, Aunt Maxine? Like, mm-hmm. would that make it yeah. make more sense or like be an okay thing? Or like, are you comfortable with the um, the ways in which some black people refer to strangers? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because we, when we talk about Auntie Maxine or Aunt Maxine, we are referring to a strange to for, to many of most of us. She is a stranger yeah. who we feel like cares about us and our well being. is a, is an older person comes with a certain type of knowledge and wisdom, and so we've assigned like this auntie kind of term, yeah. which many of us feel is like a term of endearment and respect yeah. in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder if we were calling her Aunt Maxine, would that make it? Would it be something different? Right for you, would yeah. that like make mm-hmm. make it mean something different? Yeah. Um, but I do understand the regional thing, and I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if I'm trying to think of like black things that lots of black people do and say that are not a part of me and like my particular like where i grew up and how i grew up like culture Uh i feel like sometimes when i see those conversations happening i just like let it be i acknowledge oh that's something that this group of black people does that Mm -hmm. i'm not familiar with or whatever but i do wonder i'm thinking about the conversation we had and i'm wondering about like the condemnation of those who are not familiar with or accepting of the term and i i, I want to make sure that that's not something that we're doing um i do remember which i'm still offended by that i mentioned somebody in my family who's um my nephews and nieces referred to as miss so-and-so which mm-hmm. like that offends me i don't that's not gonna stop offending me uh-huh. that shit is mad to me like distant and yeah. not not a familial thing mm-hmm. That I did not grow up with, like calling your family member like Mister or yeah, Miss So and So. I know that my grandmother called her stepfather like Mister So and So or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that that exists in the world, but that just feels like mad, dated, and distant, and not like we're all family here yeah, to me. Didn't. Yeah, I didn't do that. Yeah, but that is mad distant though, to me. Yeah, I don't like it, but whatever. I also don't feel like that's unintentional. That. I agree yeah, with you. Mm-hmm, yeah, I agree. In that particular instance, but whatever, fuck everybody. But anyway, anyway I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, guys. I'm back. But I do, I do agree that we should be mindful of not talking about each other's black shit and black practices, as if like if you're not if you're not doing th- things this way, then you're not a full black person, or yeah, or don't or... get certain black shit, or you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I do think now I'm thinking about it from the letter that. The younger people should be more conscious of like this word meaning something for older folks, mm-hmm. you know. Like, because for me, like every time I hear it, I'm like, "Girl, you auntie!" Like, you know, mm-hmm. like in my mind, like I would never like do that, but it's just like, because for me, it's not a bad word. For me, it's right. not a harmful word. But like, I think that we are like a little dismissive, um, knowing. 
that this could definitely possibly mean something mm-hmm. else to someone else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I know for myself, I could work on that because I know I'm usually kind of like, okay. <laughs> like, right. oh, I, okay, girl. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, which shouldn't be the case. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of times if someone says, don't call me other things, I'm like, I take it a lot more seriously. Right. Like, okay, I will not, you know, like, mm-hmm. and consciously not do it. But I think that, I've never in my personal life I had someone be like, don't call me auntie. But I feel like I would be like, okay. Like, I wouldn't even be like, oh, my God. Sorry. Right. I would just be like, okay, I won't. You know, like, right. you know what I mean? Like, a kind of, kind mm-hmm. of dismissive about it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I do know from this, I'm like, yeah, I should be a little more um, conscious of that and yeah. stop being dismissive yeah. or as dismissive mm-hmm. when someone sets that boundary because it's a valid boundary. Yeah. Even if I... Even if for me, culturally, it's something else, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and I think a lot of black people, I include myself in this, are mad sensitive about, like, niggas saying that certain black shit is not important. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just because as a community, we've been told within the coloni- within the colonized world that shit we do is not important. Yeah. So when I hear other black people um, implying that certain shit that we do is not important or not okay, yeah, that, do, yeah. like, it that does turn offensive. into fighting words yeah, for me. Yeah, because that was... Them quotes from yeah, last them quotes from from Oprah offensive. was was were like they were offensive to me. So I don't know. But thank you so much, Tawana, for taking the time to write this. We appreciate you as always, and thank you so much for listening. You know? Yes, thank you, thank you. We should take a break. Okay, we will be right back. Let's take a break. Money, 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 <laughs> money. <laughs> Do you know what this year is? what every year is all about yeah but like giving black women your money yes give black women your money hashtag pay black women yo okay okay so So. how do they give black women their money well they can start by giving us their money oh yes yes we do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week sometimes twice um, a week yeah yo (laughs) and we could use your loving motherfucking donations Um, we definitely can absolutely so how can you do that you can go to our website tvqueenandj.com hit that donate tab Mm -hmm. we have two options there two two you become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the, the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money we will take that shit we will love that shit we will appreciate that we shit will use that shit that's right so once again tea with queen and hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice oh my god we're gonna get money again <laughs> all the time yes and we're black all the time all right so we got another t-mail and this is a vent letter and it's not a vent to or about us <laughs> but this is a vent letter um, about a white woman who's out of pocket. Out of fucking pocket. And I read this letter. We read this letter and we're like, is there something that we can help with? <laughs> <laughs> and I realized after reading it again, it is, it, it, yeah, I read it again. After reading it again, I was like, okay. 
This is a vent letter. Mm-hmm. It's a vent letter because white people, white women in particular, be wild out of pocket. Wild. And sometimes we be trying to treat them like decent folks. And so we're trying to manage, you know, you manage every fellow human's feelings. And then you realize, no, this is yeah. just a fucking violent white succubus. And yep. it just sucking my life force and my life spirit. And like, because we are bl- gaslit as black women and like as a black community, but like as women in particular, like we're told to be nice to people yep. and care about each other's feelings and all mm-hmm. this extra shit. And we're just gaslit when somebody's routinely being abusive. Sometimes no one believes your fucking story and no one believes like what's happening to you and how you're being fucking harassed and abused. So I read this and I figured <laughs> out this is just a vent letter. This is a black woman who is sick of some white woman you shit. I got a story to tell. Yeah. And that's, that's what this is. So mm-hmm. we're going to share the vent letter. Cause it might be some of you who live in close proximity to this bullshit and this bullshit. So here we go. Are you ready? You want me to do it or you want to get into some of it or what? Um, you can. This is, this okay. is a lot. All right. Thank you. So I have titled it, This is a Vent Letter. That's <laughs> what I have titled this. Okay. So they say, hello. I have recently cut off a white mom in my community of preschool mothers. It's been months since I moved, since I removed her from all my social media. Since our kids have graduated, I only see her for larger community events or hear from her when she has a race question since her eldest daughter was adopted from Ethiopia. When we initially met at school a few years ago, I felt like she was trying to force a connection with me for the sake of her daughter. Sidebar, the first time I met them, the little girl whispered to her that I looked like the the one black teacher at the preschool. I immediately took it there and assumed that they did not expose this child to many black people since this little girl thought I looked like the other black person, the, the one other black person she sees in her life. Something I find common with little white kids who do not know any or many black people. Needless to say, I have kept a healthy distance away from this woman since our first encounter. As the years went on, we became more friendly, not friends, but friendly, quick convos, quick convos at pick up and drop off, following each other on social media, nothing serious. We have nothing in common. She's a stay-at-home mom, nothing against stay-at-home parents, but I can't relate. I also grapple with transracial adoption and feel like she could do more and feel like she could do more work aside from all the reading she does to expose her daughter to black people and culture. I also see the emotional labor she expects from the black women around her. And we do it for the sake of her poor daughter. She is an emotional leash with the black teacher I mentioned earlier and is forever needing to be reassured that she is doing right by her daughter. Last summer, I reached out to her because she quote unquote sells a popular natural beauty product line. She wanted to meet for drinks and give me the samples I requested and suggested I throw a little party at my house with a few friends to hopefully get some free products of my own. I agreed. Second sidebar. I mainly reached out to other preschool moms because they know both of us and it was like pulling teeth. I couldn't get anyone to commit and there ended up only being three of us there with her. I hit her up letting her know There had been cancellations. The guest count was down to three and to feel free to cancel or reschedule. Excuse me. She insisted it would be fine. When she showed up, though, she brought half the products she usually presents at these types. She brought half the products she usually presents. She left a lot of the products that me and my friends inquired about at home and didn't know important details of the ones that she did bring. It felt sloppy and lazy and her presentation was garbage. I felt cheated of my time and money I had wasted on refreshments for her and my guests. As she was setting up, 
and I was preparing the food. She was questioning my food choices and talking about how toxic these appetizers were because the oven tray was plastic. I was respectful, but I didn't want to make a scene with guests. I later checked in with the black preschool teacher because she and I are close friends. Come to find out this woman is hella problematic with everyone, even other white people, and everyone is over it. During my party, another guest wanted to ask her about her experience with transracial adoption and had mentioned that the school gave her some other parent contacts, one of which is a friend of mine. The woman went in on my friend and and began gossiping about her eight-year-old daughter trying to discourage my guest from reaching out. Every encounter with this woman feels like I or someone I care about is being judged in this passive aggressive way, like she's actually giving advice or it's because she cares. She is the authority on everything, but doesn't really know shit. So the party left a bad taste in my mouth, as did the day when I had to as did the day when I had to pick up my products. Yes, I bought products from her whack ass because I got a fat discount for throwing the damn party. I earned that shit. Yes, you did. She started talking about that mother and her daughter again. I told her that my kids and I have had a great relationship with them and her experience did not mirror ours. Some days or weeks later, I had posted a picture of some candles I had purchased for my home. She was quick to jump on and tell me how toxic they were and how she could give me more info on them if I'd like. I made a sarcastic remark and kept it moving, but I told my husband if she made one more comment on anything like that didn't on anything that didn't sit right with me, she was canceled. She made another remark on the same candles and I unfriended her on everything. So it's been months and now I get an email last week from her saying she wanted to pick my brain about something, probably the fact that she just found out Dr. Seuss was a racist because she sent an email to a group of us last week so furious and is now campaigning for her kids' school to get rid of all his books. She's that white woman who knows what's best for all kids because she has a black kid. And as she's reaching out to pick my brain, she realized that she hadn't seen any of my posts in a while. She checked to see and realized she was no longer following me. She said she requested me again and wanted to know if everything was okay because she's known to say, to quote unquote, say stupid things and to quote unquote, please let her know if she's done anything to offend me. So I have two choices. I could ignore her and she would get the picture and leave me the fuck alone, or I could tell her the truth. The problem I have with this type of white women or most white women is their for most white women, is their fragility. I've been dealing with white fragility for almost four decades. I'm not trying to help you process all the out-of-pocket shit you do to people. I feel like if I tell her the truth, that I find her pretentious and she's raising this little black girl to be a snob, that she's the epitome of white privilege from the fact that she sits on her ass most days but still has a nanny and wants to judge working parents for the types of food they feed their kids and the products they put in their hair, that our entire preschool community finds her rude and judgmental that she gets so caught up in how racism makes her feel that she loses sight of what's actually going on of what of what it's actually doing to her daughter that she sucks the life out of the few black women she knows with her neediness but is never interested in what we have to say unless it's going to benefit her parenting she will want me to help her process it all okay so she's saying if she writes this letter and says all that shit she's gonna the white woman's gonna want her to process this shit with her I would like to ignore her email, but I also feel like she continues to behave that way because everyone passively avoids her and never confronts her behavior. They say hi at school functions and just pretend to be busy when she reaches out for a play date. Should I be the one to check her? I don't want her to interpret me replying as a way to mend this relationship and help her be a better person. I also forwarded her email to my friend who is the teacher at the preschool and she said she knew if I replied she would be the one 
She would be the one this woman would run to to unpack all this. I don't want my friend to have to labor over her feelings, but I do feel like someone needs to knock her off her high horse. Sorry for the long email. Are you, sis? Are you? That's cool. Sorry for the long email, but I wanted you to know what kind of person I was dealing with. Thank you for listening. I can't wait to hear what y'all have to say. Love, Erica. And um, Erica has adorable kids. Love, Erica. Um, at Afros and Baby Toes on Instagram. Erica, thank you for your letter. Thank you for feeling safe to vent with us. And this was a long-ass letter, but I understand after reading it, I had to read it like three times to understand what was happening. I understand now that you needed a vent. Yeah. You needed to vent, and you needed black women to vent with. Yeah. And we see you, Mm -hmm. and we hear you, and we are sorry that you have had to engage with any white people and this white woman in particular. Mm Mm-hmm. I learned some things that have nothing to do with this white woman. Okay. Like I what? didn't know that, like, I live in New York City, mm-hmm. not a small neighborhood. Right. I'm not really neighborhoody. I didn't know people in the same neighborhood, like, Facebook requested each other. Oh, um, yeah. Same schools, Facebook there requested are, each other. Yeah, there are. Because I'm so, like. Exactly. Yeah. As a New Yorker, yeah. what I have also learned, I learned it before this letter, but what I also have learned about these communities is that they have Facebook groups that be like for everybody in this particular like yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, right. So that. I get that and that. you know, they're like organized cookouts and little shit like Stuff that. Yeah. yeah. So I get that and it's, like yeah. it's a parent underworld. The preschool community? It is. <laughs> Whoa. It is. So the much whole thing, added man. to parenting. And, and then, then I was thinking Once you're in, you're in. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm glad I'm not a parent because I want to murder so many people. Then there's that shit. Yo. Yeah, I'm just reading this like I know you want to murder her. Yeah. <laughs> I know lots of people want to murder yeah, her. I read it too. I, I read that as well. I, I saw it there. Right? Like, oh my gosh, how is she still alive? I think mm-hmm. that, okay, so your question is, should you be the one to tell her about herself or not? I think do it. Do what you feel like doing. Yeah. I think the concern that you have about her unpacking whatever, like however you tell her off, her unpacking this on your other black friend, honestly, I feel like that's for your other black, black friend, friend to, to be like, don't talk to me, leave me alone. Yeah. I feel like we're doing a lot of managing of this white woman's feelings and like, fuck, fuck this whole. Yeah, fuck it, yo. If if you tell her about herself and then she goes to cry to your other black woman friend, you can give your, your friend a heads up. Be like, listen, I told her about herself and if she comes to you, just tell her you don't feel like it. Okay, that's just what it is. Or that, well, you know, that's how Erica felt, so she told you. There's nothing for us to unpack type of shit. But, yeah, like, if you feel like saying and say it, I feel like it's for you. It's not for her. You're Mm -hmm. never going to check her. She's ignorant as shit. Mm -hmm. She doesn't give a fuck. She's not trying to change. She doesn't want to change. So know that this is for you. You checking her is not going to change the trajectory of her bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not. Mm -hmm. But if you need to have this conversation because you need to know that I told this white bitch yeah. about herself because I need, you know, this white bitch needs to be mm-hmm. told about herself because I am not dealing with this bullshit no That's more. Right. Then do it for yourself. Not in courtroom 502. Uh, f- huh. you know, around here? F- huh. What we do around here? Huh. Yeah. Right? So just know that. Mm-hmm. It's definitely for you. Nothing you say is going to change her. She's still going to be a dumb bitch. Yeah. Um, because that's just the cloth mm-hmm. of who she is. Like, makes no sense. How are you on my Facebook folks screaming about candles? Like, yeah, that's not okay. Get go find a here. fucking yeah, hobby. That got us all definitely fucked up. Yeah, You're like, from the, from, from the rooter to the tutor. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fuck? Yeah, but also I wanted to say that I do feel like there's an aspect of white fragility. Like, the, like there's an aspect of the black people around here supporting her white fragility. And be, like, 
by not saying anything to enabling her. Enabling Thank you. Thank yeah. you. That's the word I was mm-hmm. looking for. Enabling her white fragility by not saying anything to her. And a part of the, I don't want, she's going to come to me to, like a part of us as a community being afraid of these white people coming to us with their bullshit, right? Is because we don't want to have to then turn to them and be like, yo, get the fuck out, out of, of my, my face with this. Which admittedly is uncomfortable for us to do because we are human people and that it gets annoying have to having to check people all the, the fucking yeah, all time. The time it's tiring it's exhausting the and then there's the other hand of it where people think that we're angry black women anyway, anyway right so i'm actually not an angry black woman but you just came in my face with but a whole bunch what? of bullshit you just made me angry exactly that's what happened exactly i wasn't walking around like this yes. but your ass stepped in the room with your dumb shit mm-hmm. and now i'm angry and now you're gonna hear about that absolutely shit. however all of y'all first of all who cares right but but i understand why this is a concern for us right Mm -hmm. but all of you all as a community the black women in the community y'all are all aware that this woman is notoriously out of pocket notorious (laughs) so if you all decide listen like if you decide i'm gonna tell her about herself right and like she runs around and says, oh, Erica is like wilding, da 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 Everybody already knows that she is out of pocket. Everybody already knows that, like, she so has she's established. She's a rational, logical exactly. person. She has established a, a bad reputation for herself, and that's it. So you don't have to worry about being seen as the angry black person. Your homegirl doesn't have to worry about when this woman comes to, like, unload her baggage. Just tell her, yo, get out of my face. She also doesn't have to worry about being seen as the angry black person because no. this woman, her fucking reputation precedes her like we already know that she's like notoriously out of pocket and that's just what it is so let all that shit go i'm glad you were able to rant with us and vent with us and i hope that i hope that this has like been settled and if not i hope that you feel like ready to like tell her off i want to affirm that this little ethiopian girl is not ruined by this white woman that part because the fuck yeah. I just have to say that out loud. Yeah. Because what the fuck? Because that's another thing. That's why all of these black women, I'm sure, are like fucking with this white yeah. lady on any level. Because we're all worried. And I say we because I would be the same way. Yes. We're all worried because about what's going to happen to this little black girl. Like what's going to happen to her? What's happening to her? What's she going to have to endure and deal with or whatever? Um, but I think at our age, as as grown adult people, we know of whole ass black people who were raised by white people. And they have grown out of it. And when I say grown out of it, like they have other experiences in the world with black folks, with um, other communities, whether it's going to college or whether it's and, and some of it maybe come from comes from being shunned. And like not knowing like why are niggas shunning me? Like what's happening right now? Whatever. But the, the point is the girl will be fine. OK, she will learn things. Why you look you look concerned because I am. I don't know. If she's going to be fine. Well, you said you started this. You said the girl wasn't going to be no, ruined. No, I said I affirm that she won't. Like, I want to put it out there. I'm oh. not for sure this person is going to be fine. I live in my black-ass cocoon, and it's still yeah. shit about white supremacy that fucks me up. This is a person living <laughs> in yeah. the house with this irrational-ass white supremacist lady mm-hmm. who doesn't even know that what she possesses. Doesn't mm-hmm. sound safe. I want to plan a coup. <laughs> That's okay. what it's called. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Yes, this is a lot. I think it's just kidnapping. I'm. I said a cuter word. Right. I think. I don't know. It's, it's, it's worse. Oh wow. Okay. All right. So, but what do you? So okay. I'm just saying. I want to affirm that she's okay because I just have to say that so I could feel safe. Because mm-hmm. I don't feel safe. 
because I don't know if this girl is safe. So uh-huh. it makes me feel like not safe and uncomfortable. So what would you, so then do do we still affirm and suggest that um, Erica tell this lady to go fuck herself? Yeah, I think she's, she's, she should still do that. Mm-hmm. Like it's not gonna, nothing Erica does or doesn't do is gonna stop this woman from being who she is. She is mm-hmm. who she is, period. But on top of that, I also empathize for this child. Yeah. Like, is there a way for her to engage with the child in some way or whatever and not the mom? Or not at this point. The child's too young works. right now. Yeah. Like, they're talking like preschool communities yeah. and shit. But um, maybe I, I'm, I'm sure as she gets older mm-hmm. right now, it's not like the girl could be like, all right, mom, I'm going to <laughs> right? da da house. Erica's house. <laughs> Don't call me. We'll call you. Yeah, like, yeah. that's not the point right now. It'll get to a point where that can happen. Like you said, they can leave on community and this mm-hmm. and this like that. But right now, I'm just kind of like, eh, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but children are a sore spot for me. I feel like all black kids are mine. So Yeah. So that's probably why I'm like, um, <laughs> I was trying to think, but this is all creepy. I was like, maybe you could volunteer at stuff. And then she, the little black girl will see you, and then she'll be like, "Oh, there's a black person. I see them sometimes." <laughs> but I have nothing to offer. The point is, this is not. Yeah, that's that's not really your responsibility. Yeah, it's not, especially it's not. if it's causing if it's causing you added stress or discomfort or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you got your beauty products at a great discount. Yep. And cheers to that shit. And keep um, lighting them candles. Keep lighting them candles. Enjoy and, your candles, no matter yeah. how toxic. I got a fire extinguisher in the house, so you know I'm burning candles now all day. I got the freedom against fires, so burning them candles, yo. I don't know how toxic they are, but I like them, mm-hmm. and they smell good. You live in this toxic ass earth, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> the fuck that part, girl. That part. Girl. All right. Good luck with that funky bullshit, and we hope it goes well. Yes. All right. So we did that a uh, review of Shrill. That's the series on Hulu. Um, episode 201 yes we will put the link to that in the show notes as well yep. we watched and we reviewed and we watched it and reviewed it with the homie money, money from, from queer, queer walk, walk the podcast walk. and that was a dope review i enjoyed it and i also enjoyed the series even though i had a lot of criticism for it i hope that they um listen to our critiques and fix <laughs> next season <laughs> fix know? it fix that fix shit. that shit also we consult on tv shows so like you know give us that guac give us the bag we love it and we'll we'll get into it we're good at that we're creative exactly. motherfuckers, yo. okay because we could fix a lot of your shows yeah just okay. saying Okay, so somebody sent us a letter regarding Shrill. Just a quick, for anyone who doesn't know, Shrill is about a white woman's journey through, like, navigating adulthood and Mm -hmm. shit, like her fucking job and her man and all of that stuff she does while being plus size. And what else? That's really what it's about. And she's not a downtrodden-ass bitch. I think yeah, that's important exactly. to say. Yeah, exactly. It's not like, oh. Yeah, it's not like, not oh, fair. I'm sad and everything no, is sad. Not. Yeah, it's yeah. not about that. So that we enjoyed it because Yeah, of it's a different um, perspective because mm-hmm. usually it's that perspective. Yes. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's get into this. You want me to read it? Or? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Hey, Queen and Jay. First and foremost, I miss you bitches. Hey. Bring your ass back asapially. 
Yeah, so this letter is from Tammy, um, and Tammy lives in Austin, Texas. So we got to see her again when we were at South by Southwest. We miss you too, Tammy. Yes. LOL. But nah, for real. Thank you so much for the bomb-ass black baddie brigade experience at South by by So White. You have no idea how much I appreciated you all for literally creating a safe space during that time. I felt so seen. I wanted to write in on your episode... 201 and speak on the shrill review once again i cannot thank you to enough for bringing on the homie money to speak on the behalf of big and fat bitches glad she was there if you don't mind i wanted to add a few thoughts about my experience with shrill and adjacency to my identity as a fat black and tall black woman and also just share with listeners how to be supportive straight size slash non-fat friends one thing that really stood out to me is I felt the show lacked in showing the viewers the realities of physical world around you when you are fat and the politics of space that fat people always have to negotiate. For instance, chairs. Chairs in school, chairs at work, chairs on the airplane, chairs at the theater and concert venues, restaurants. I feel like they really brushed past this one and it irked me. Just a month ago, I went to a concert with my partner and I could not fit in the seats at all, despite the fact that it's humiliating to have to deal with assholes who are so upset that I exist at all. We had to think fast. Thankfully, my partner went and did the heavy lifting of trying to find help and we were accommodated in ADA seatings. It's shit like that that made me feel like the show lacked a bit Lacked a bit in the real life fat and tall shit. But it also did not do the best job at highlighting the different levels and body types to this fat girl shit. Small fats, mid fats, super fats, apple shape, pear shape, hourglass shape. Yeah, there's levels to this shit and the most of the plus size models we see are small fats with hourglass body types who can still fit in airplane seats. I don't remember seeing a larger or super fat person outside of the pool party. Like Money said, how do you not address how hard it is to find clothes? Houseway, this is one of the other blind spots that our straight-sized friends and family do not think about when we fatties are sitting outside of the fitting room at your favorite retailer. That said, I wanted to share a few links that do a good job about how to be better friends to fat folks. And also how to check one's own fat phobia. And I wanted to pass it along to you and your readers. Um, so she left a quote there um, from from broadlyvice.com. And it's called How to Treat How to Treat Fat People, Ally Fat Tobia. Also, check out the book Breaking Normal, Essays About My Fat Black Geek Life and Still Breaking Normal by Homie of the Podcast, Talon Cal. Oh, hey Talon. Hey Talon. So she leaves a um, link to that. I, I guess it's an ebook. Mm-hmm. Also, I would like to add a few quick ones coming through with the facts, y'all. Hey. Does your favorite clothing retailer offer plus size slash extended sizes options in the store and not just online? Not just clothing size, but longer lengths and wider calf options. Ooh, I got the I got that calf shit. Mm. I be needing that. Is there size diversity when it comes to models used for the clothing? Does the restaurant you are inviting your fat friend offer chairs that do not have handles slash arms? Can the seating accommodate their bodies? Traveling mm-hmm. with a fat friend? If possible, have you offered to sit in the middle seat to lessen the possibility of your fat friend being removed from the flight or forced to purchase under or forced to purchase an additional seat? 
Yeah, your fat friends can get kicked off the plane if someone sitting next to them sitting next to them complains about their body touching theirs or the armrest not going down. It's so fucked up and humiliating. Like I said, thank you so much for having money on an episode to speak to the realities of being real being a real life fat bitch out here in these streets. The people need to know the struggles is indeed very real. Keep doing what you're doing and being mega badass bitches that enrich so many of us on the daily. Thank you, Tammy. Thanks, Tammy. That was highly fucking informative. Mad informative. I appreciate it. Yeah, some things I never thought about. Mm-hmm. That Man. plain shit is so fucking whack. Mad whack. Mm-hmm. I never even thought about like arms on chairs and shit. Yeah. So like, I was like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. You right. You right. Mm. But yeah, so <clears throat> we wanted to read that so that we offer information. And also we will have those links to the ebook by Talon and also the article that Tammy suggested in the show notes. So check those out. Check your fucking fat phobia and shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm checking mine. Um, so we did a show. We did a motherfucking show, yo. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks again to everybody who came to our Juneteenth after work kickback. Thanks to everybody we saw at Afros and Audio Podcast Festival. That yeah. shit was fucking dope mm-hmm. and amazing. Um, I think at some point, well, first of all, you can hire us to present that again, again, somewhere, yeah. wherever. Um, but I think at some point we're going to put that in our Patreon at like a high, like premium mm-hmm. or some shit yeah. so that if somebody wants to pay to view that they can, Yep. but it's going to be, nah, it's a lot of information. Yeah. It's, it's a lot, lot of information. information. So yeah. 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 So at some point we might do that and that's it we're gonna be back on july 8th yes. bigger better and blacker so we've been doing we've been doing spot of teas lately because we wanted to make sure that we got a show to everybody um and we didn't want to leave people high and dry because that shit is whack um yeah but also actually i want to say this real quick because yes. we edited this a few times because i actually said we didn't want to leave mm-hmm. people hanging and then I started thinking about we both started thinking about what does it mean to, to leave somebody hanging? hanging? Is it is that a reference to like actually like hanging hangings and like leaving someone there to fucking die? Yeah, is that like, what that's about? What the fuck? Because that feels weird. So no, yeah, we both were like, wait, yeah, what? maybe one of you nerd fucks can give us the well actually on that shit and let us know like what it means to I leave bet somebody. You the hanging. well actually is racist. Yeah, but I feel like that's probably the etymology of that. If that's the right thing to Same say, reason why we have is the, word the fucking racist term. Annoying. Yeah, white so supremacy. I think we're not gonna say leave people hanging anymore. Because we can't have anything. Nothing. So, yeah. Anyway, so like I said, <laughs> we didn't want to leave you all. Um, high and dry. High and dry. Yes. Okay. So, so we like wanted we to make it. sure that we get got these episodes out. And not because we just want to be creating content. Because we want actually want to talk to you motherfuckers. We yeah. want to talk to you. We want to tell you what we're thinking. We want to like make sure that we are breaking down whatever's happening in the media that we think is is pertinent to white supremacist yep. patriarchal capitalism mm-hmm. in the ways that we can in the ways that we are capable of discussing and shit like that and so yeah so we're gonna take a week off yeah i'm gonna drink water maybe i'll like do my dishes or something you know um, i don't believe you but okay i have been doing my dishes i have been doing like really really good mm. and then fucking june yo yeah, this has been a month. Yeah, it's this been, has been really... a month. It's been a very booked and blessed month mm-hmm. for Queen and Jay. Yeah. We need some rest. Yeah. Yeah, some rest. Yeah. But our listeners are dope. They understand. Yep. So I'm looking forward to that shit. 
if you would follow us on the show Schmeeds. Yeah, please. You can do. follow us on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ. We are also on Facebook and Tumblr. Um to search for T with T with Queen and J. Send us T mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. Donate to T with Queen and J by going to our website, T with Queen and or hit those donation links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Come check us out. If you're in New York for Pride, come check us out on the 29th from 5 to 10 at Talon Bar. We'll be there for Marsha's Plate live show and other Black Pride festivities. I'm sure there will be other people there, but it'll be a whole shitload of Black people there, and we'll be having our own Black Pride. So that'll be fucking dope. And then on the 30th, again, like I said before, I'll be at Women in Comics Con at the Queens Museum. The link to that will be in the show notes. And it's going to Queens. Yo. You love comics and black women. I love that. And so I'm going to go to Queens. But mm. I want y'all to know it's a sacrifice. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then lastly, Sex Trivia at Love Story Bar hosted by Inner Hole Uprising is July 7th. And the link to that will be in the show notes yep. as well. Mm-hmm. So hang with the Black Baddie Brigade and give us your money. Uh, most of these events are free. So really just come say what's up. Yeah. And most of the Black Baddie Brigade will be at Marsha Place Live Show. Yes. So, for sure. For know. sure. I'll be Dang. in the building. That's right. That's right. That's right. Get into these hashtags. Yeah, yo. Black Lives Matter. Stop killing trans women. Say her name. Why I stay. Maybe he doesn't hit you. You okay, sis? Disability too white. Spoonie chat. Black Panther so lit. Film this. Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. I never feel that. I'm going to watch it, though. You never watch Spider-Verse? Oh, my God. It's I'm going to so watch it cute. soon. Everyone keeps telling me and yelling at me. Mm. Not yelling at me, but, like, you will like it. So, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it's good. It's really, it made me happy. Um, I'm waiting for Hobbs and Shaw because The Rock, yo. I don't even know what that comes is. Out in but August. you tell me a lot, but I'm always like, I do. Like, I'll tell you every time is. I see you. It's a spinoff of Fast and Furious. And you told me that, and then I forget. Yeah. I'm going to remember when it's not important anymore. Yeah. You're going to be over it. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be fucking good. The Rock doesn't disappoint, except like some movies that he does are bad. But he is not disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) And that, my nigga, is the point. Okay. All right. We did a show, y'all. Bye. we did. Um, This podcast was created, produced by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia. We hosted it, too. Oh, yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. All this time. That's right, yo. That's right. T with Queen and Jay, we turn up responsibly. And now, peace. Peace. (laughs) Yesterday, when asked about reparations, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell offered a familiar reply. America should not be held liable for something that happened 150 years ago, since none of us currently alive are responsible. This rebuttal proffers a strange theory of governance that American accounts are somehow bound by the lifetime of its generations. But well into this century, the United States was still paying out pensions to the heirs of Civil War soldiers. We honor treaties that date back some 200 years, despite no one being alive who signed those treaties. Many of us would love to be taxed for the things we are solely and individually responsible for. But we are American citizens, and thus bound to a collective enterprise that extends beyond our individual and personal reach. It would seem ridiculous to dispute invocations of the founders or the greatest generation on the basis of a lack of membership in either group. We recognize our lineage as a generational trust, 
as inheritance. And the real dilemma posed by reparations is just that, a dilemma of inheritance. It is impossible to imagine America without the inheritance of slavery. As historian Ed Baptist has written, enslavement, quote, shaped every crucial aspect of the economy and politics of America, so that by 1836, more than 600 million, or almost half of the economic activity in the United States derived directly or indirectly from the cotton produced by the million-odd slaves. By the time the enslaved were emancipated, they comprised the largest single asset in America, $3 billion in 1860 dollars, more than all the other assets in the country combined. The method of cultivating this asset was neither gentle cajoling nor persuasion, but torture, rape, and child trafficking. Enslavement reigned for 250 years on these shores. When it ended, this country could have extended its hollowed principles, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to all regardless of color. But America had other principles in mind. And so for a century after the Civil War, black people were subjected to a relentless campaign of terror, a campaign that extended well into the lifetime of Majority Leader McConnell. It is tempting to divorce this modern campaign of terror, of plunder, from enslavement. But the logic of enslavement, of white supremacy, respects no such borders. And the god of bondage was lustful and begat many heirs, coup d'etats and convict leasing, vagrancy laws and debt peonage, redlining and racist GI bills, poll taxes and state-sponsored terrorism. We grant that Mr. McConnell was not alive for Appomattox, but he was alive for the electrocution of George Stinney. He was alive for the blinding of Isaac Woodward. He was alive to witness kleptocracy in his native Alabama and a regime premised on electoral theft. Majority Leader McConnell cited civil rights legislation yesterday, as well he should, because he was alive to witness the harassment, jailing, and betrayal of those responsible for that legislation by a government sworn to protect them. He was alive for the redlining of Chicago and the looting of black homeowners of some $4 billion. Victims of that plunder are very much alive today. I am sure they'd love a word with the majority leader. What they know, what this committee must know, is that while emancipation dead bolted the door against the bandits of America, Jim Crow wedged the windows wide open. And that is the thing about Senator McConnell's something. It was 150 years ago, and it was right now. The typical black family in this country has one-tenth the wealth of the typical white family. Black women die in childbirth at four times the rate of white women. And there is, of course, the shame of this land of the free, boasting the largest prison population on the planet, of which the descendants of the enslaved make up the largest share. The matter of reparations is one of making amends and direct redress, but it is also a question of citizenship. In H.R. 40, this body has a chance to both make good on its 2009 apology for enslavement and reject fair-weather patriotism, to say that a nation is both its credits and its debits, that if Thomas Jefferson matters, so does Sally Hemings, that if D-Day matters, so does Black Wall Street, that if Valley Forge matters, so does Fort Pillow, because the question really is not whether we will be tied to the somethings of our past, 
but whether we are courageous enough to be tied to the whole of them. Thank you.